0: Hey, church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much. Well, hello there, Shoreline City. Great to see you. Hey, let's welcome Bishop Arts as well. And Bishop Arts... You go ahead and welcome White Rock. I am so excited about today and all that is on the horizon. Again, everyone who's with us for the first time, we hope you are feeling right at home with some people that genuinely care about you because we do. Uh, I do want to once again celebrate the heart of this church. Yesterday, a bunch of folks got together and went to White Rock Center of Hope, and we're serving individuals uh, in our community who are just kind of have have hit a rough spot. There is a clothes closet there and a food pantry, and every single month we are there trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus and serving folks in our community. So let's give it up uh, for those folks that went and I want to remind all of you, if you want to be a part of that, easy, just go to our website, even download the app, and you get all the information so you can know where to be, when to be, how to be, so that we can make sure uh, we keep being a church that's not just good on Sundays need to be a, the church in the world. That's what our creed has called us to. So, so glad all of you are here uh, today. I'm starting a new series today. This new series will be uh, New Wine is the, is the series kind of wrapper. Uh, but, but today I want us to turn, if you would not mind, the Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Who would like to be encouraged today? Who would like to be encouraged? Any encouragement? It's going to happen. Today, it is going to happen. You're about to be encouraged. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to begin reading in verse number 5. Tell me when you got it. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 and 6. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement? See, he told you, you're about to be encouraged that addresses you as a father addresses his son or his daughter. It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. The title of today's message is Cotton Candy Jesus. Cotton candy Jesus, turn to your neighbor a bishop here, say cotton candy Jesus, cotton candy Jesus. I don't know how many amens I'll get today, and I'm okay with that, just so you know. I don't preach for the amens. I'm trying to help all of us become passionate followers of Jesus Christ and have our hearts and our lives be conformed more to the image of who he is and And sometimes a lot of amens, and sometimes there's not a lot. But today I pray that we grow a whole bunch. There is not one person who is with us today, whether online, in this room, at Bishop Arts, who likes to be around a child that is not well-behaved. We can't stand brats, okay? There is not a person that wants to be around a kid that is throwing temper tantrums, doesn't listen, runs around everywhere. Have you sat next to this child on the plane? Might be my daughter. Now, when you don't have kids, you judge those who do, okay? You do. And you're like, oh, my goodness, if I was a parent, I would never let my kid do that. I never. Listen, you don't know anything, okay? You don't know my situation. You don't know what's going on with me. I had a rough night last night. That's why I'm letting my kid run around like this. But 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 you you look at them and you can judge them and you think oh that'll never happen to me and then you realize the sin nature that is in children when you see a two year old turn into a demon like the Incredibles you've seen that when the child turns to that I'm like yep that's exactly what it's like raising a child you don't know where this is coming from but it is in there and it takes a parent it takes a father a mother to say no we don't do that don't touch that go here don't go there listen the first time and any of you that are counting to three you've already lost just so you know you're your child has already trumped you. They're running the house already. There is no counting to three. It's the first time I say it. You need to do what I'm telling you to do the first time. And, and if this is true for kids, shouldn't it be true for us? Like God's up in heaven going, one. two. No. First time. First time. First time. First time. Go with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Let, let 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 me confront this cotton candy Jesus for a second. John chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. John 1, 16 and 17, it says, out of his fullness, the his here is Jesus. Out of his, Jesus' fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. What a beautiful verse. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Not grace or truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. I want us to be a grace and truth kind of church. I want us to be grace and truth kind of people. Why? Because our Savior is grace and truth. Grace is utterly amazing, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see all of us in here who have found ourselves in a pit, understanding that we were eternally separated from God. But God, by his grace, decided to get on a cross for you and me and to take away the penalty and the shame of sin and give us a right relationship with him. It is a power thing. may we never graduate from grace? May we never think as a church I want to get to the deep stuff I don't need this grace stuff anymore. let me tell you grace is what you will always need it's the deepest and the widest thing that you and I will always need and it's a thing that you and I use and we leverage and God has given us to connect with God by faith in Jesus. This grace. My friends, don't let it become old to you. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you would be without God. Don't forget that he snatched you out of a pit. Don't forget that if you have the ability to listen to this message today, it was his grace that has carried you to this point in time right here. It's been his grace the whole time. And with that amazing grace that forgives and cleanses and washes, there is truth as well. And grace and truth are not in conflict with each other. They are married to one another. They are in the person of Jesus Christ. And the truth of the matter is there is one way, one truth, one life, and his name is Jesus. And he is saying, son, daughters, lay everything down for me. We think so many times that if we're speaking truth, then we're not being filled with grace. And we have, we have just muddied the waters so much that we are worshiping a Jesus that's not the Jesus of Scripture. It's the Jesus of our imaginations And the Jesus of our Christmases and the Jesus that's connected to Santa Claus and unicorns and to cotton candy and this Jesus is all the time fun but no fire. Forever, he's the fun uncle, but never the loving father. And this cotton candy Jesus, he'll never confront you. everything you do is right. Right? I mean, if you and I thought it was wrong, we probably wouldn't be doing it. Or if we didn't give ourselves an excuse to do it. Right? You you know the open doors you give yourself. It's like, well, I wouldn't normally do this. But since... Last week I was in church and I served. I think I got enough in the bank to do this here and then I'll go back. I don't have to serve my wife this time because yesterday when I got up, I gave her her coffee and she didn't say thank you. So since she didn't say thank you, now I don't have to get up. See, Cotton Candy Jesus goes, Yep, you're right. <laughs> Serve on your terms. Serve when it's convenient. The cotton candy Jesus is so concerned about your opinion of him. Wants to make sure you like him. The cotton candy Jesus wants you is more interested, he's more interested in your safety than your surrender. He's more interested in, in you having being tucked in real nice and having all your stuffed animals all around you. You know, when we put our three-year-old to bed, she likes to have her stuffed animals all around. Oh, Daddy, tuck me in. Oh, Daddy, one more kiss. Oh, Daddy, where, where's my Peter Rabbit? Where's my Peter Rabbit? And you got to go and find it. You got to put it down. Okay, and, you, and you get all these little sleep props. And who cares, as long as she sleeps all through the night. <laughs> and you and I are like, no, how? I'll serve when I'm comfortable, I'll give when I'm safe, I'll pray when it's convenient, when I feel like I know how, I'll worship when I grow a little bit more in my walk with God. You know, all these things that are going through, am I the only one that has this stuff? we, 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 We make... All these negotiations with God in our mind and it all makes sense. And and we think that Jesus just sits there and is like, okay, I'm fine with everything. Forgetting he's not after your safety. (laughs) In all honesty, Jesus might care less about your safety and my safety. He's more interested in our surrender. Us laying our whole Lives down before him. The cotton candy Jesus is so insecure that he needs you to believe in him in order to validate him. But when I read scripture, Jesus is confident, <laughs> strong, shoulders are back. What should I say, Father, save me from this hour? No, it's for this very hour I came into the world. Glorify your name. God is It was skin on Jesus saying, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I'm not a way, a truth, a life. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. The good news is that his arms are open wide to everyone. It's not just for Republicans or Democrats. It's not just for Americans. Or Swedes, it's for people all over the globe. That is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there is a door. His name is Jesus. See, cotton candy Jesus. A problem with him is this: cotton candy Jesus would have never gotten on the cross for you. It would have been too difficult. So you don't want to worship a savior. That would actually leave you in your sin. The Savior of the Bible, the one you and I worship, He is the one that God on a cross for you and I defeated death, hell, and the grave, made us right with God, then called us for such a time as this to be his hands and feet in the world. And despite your shortcomings and mine, the God of all the universe picked us up and made us new and said, son, daughter, you are now mine. Again, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 and 6 And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. heart. When you're going through trials, you think God is mad at you. He is not mad at you, Bishop Arts. He's not mad at you, White Rock. He's not mad at you. Do not lose heart. This is your God. He's on your side. He loves you. He is for you. He is fighting battles on your behalf. He's trying to make you into who he's calling you to be. And you can't stay where you are if you want to become who God is calling you to be. Do not lose heart heart. Can I uh, can I read my journal to you for a second, okay? It's my journal. Uh, Jesus, thank you for exposing me. Thank you for catching me in my secret, in my sin, in my cover-up. This is not like recent stuff, okay, just so y'all know. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, okay. Man, I love this church. No, don't tell me this church too. No, no I, I, don't, I don't have time for any other mess like that, okay? I don't have time. <laughs> I can't remember. I continue on. I can't remember if it was 1997 or 98, so some 20 years ago. I can't remember, but you caught me. You caught me with your grace. You caught me with your truth. If you had not exposed me then, I might still be carrying around a secret. Had the wife of that couple not reached out to Onika, my wife, to tell her her husband was looking at porn, my wife would have not asked me if I was looking at porn. And if my wife had not asked me, maybe, I would have fallen in that sin again. But the conversation on the couch with my wife so rocked me. The moment was so right. My heart towards you, my heart towards my marriage. And you did surgery on my heart at that critical moment. So I wouldn't carry that sin, that perversion, that junk into my future. Thank you. I just wrote this a couple of weeks ago. I was being overwhelmed with God's grace that called me out. We think that it's grace to cover up. but it's actually grace that calls out as well. And when you and I have some pride in our life or we have some insecurity in our life or some anger issues in our life or we have some secret sin, whatever it might be, whatever bondage we might find ourselves in, when you and I are caught in that thing, do not be mad at the people who caught you. Be thankful that God would send someone across your path to expose the very thing that you were in, that you were trying to hide. It was God revealing so he could free you. You, you know the story with a woman. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. Uh, in John chapter 8, this woman who's caught in the act of adultery. We've talked about it uh, at this church a number of times. This woman is caught in the act of adultery, and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, bring this woman in front of Jesus. They rip her out of the bed. She's standing there in the temple courts, probably uh, half naked with uh, maybe just a sheet around her. I see her mascara streaming down her face, and of course, there's a whole bunch of questions. Why in the world would these religious leaders looking at her having this uh uh, adulterous relationship that's a problem with them no doubt about it where was the man for sure that was a problem as well but one thing that's not talked about all that much is it was the grace of God I believe that brought those Pharisees to that place and used their pride to help a woman get out of a place that she would have been stuck in for generations had she not been exposed it was the grace of God that brought her to that place so Jesus can say to her I don't condemn you go and sin no more it's grace so if you have a secret today (laughs) I'm smiling because secrets are uncomfortable (laughs) If you have a secret. This is God bringing you here today saying son daughter I want that. I want it. I want it. I want I want that. And your secret is not so scary that it is greater Then my grace, I want that. I want your secret. I want if you'll bring it to me, I'll forgive you, I'll heal you. Matter of fact, you're already forgiven, you're already for you loved, you're all I'm already for you. But I need you not to hide this thing anymore. I need you to expose it so that I can cleanse you from all unrighteousness. See, cotton candy Jesus only cuddles, He never cuts. Never. Only, oh, I love you, I love you. And yes, I love you, I love you is good. But I love you so much, I can't let you stay how you are. It's his grace. Look with me in Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. You don't have to put the scripture on the screen uh, just yet. Let me explain a little bit of what is going on here. Uh, Those of you who know uh, your Bibles incredibly well, um, you'll know that, that Moses is the one God called to go to the children of Israel when they were in bondage in Egypt. They were there some 400 years, and God used Moses in a powerful way to bring these people that were in bondage out of slavery into the promised land. And they find themselves on their way to the promised land, and, and they end up grumbling and complaining and murmuring. There are lots of issues, and God says, I'm done. I'm done with this. This generation will not go into the promised land. It's going to be for your kids. I'm setting it aside for them. But this whole generation, they're going to die in this wilderness. So, the book of Joshua is a transition point. It's going from one leader, Moses, to a new leader in Joshua. It's going from one people, the fathers and mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers of the children of Israel, now transitioning to the sons and the daughters of an entire generation. And they are about to go into the promised land. And if you ever need some encouragement, I encourage you to read Joshua chapter 1. Oh, man. God is so good. Because this leader, Joshua, is about to step into some shoes that are a lot bigger than him. And God pumps this man up with so much life and encouragement. He's like, hey, I'm on your side. Hey, you got this. Hey, don't be dismayed. Don't be worried. Every place you set your foot, I've already given that place to you. I'm telling you to be strong. Be courageous. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I'm going to give you success. I mean, he is speaking life into Joshua. Joshua. And if ever you have been in a place where you are facing something that's bigger than you, you know what it's like to need somebody to encourage you, to put courage onto the inside of you. And God is doing that with Joshua. He is pouring courage into him. Let me just do that for you for just a second. If you got a business that you want to start, I want you to know you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. If you want to be a husband or a wife, you will not end in divorce. You can have the type of marriage that God destined for you to have. If you have been trapped in fear for years and years and years, I want you to know you can be free. He or she whom the Son has set free is really free indeed. Let me pour some courage into your heart to keep moving forward. So with all that being said, man, you go to chapter 2, and there's some spies. Jason Bourne comes on the scene and goes into the land and finds out all that is going on there in Jericho, in the Promised Land. Chapter 3, oh my goodness, in chapter 4, the, the Jordan River parts. It is at flood stage, but they put their foot in. When they put their foot in, the water stops miles and miles up the river. And then they walk over on dry ground, and here is a young generation. They have never seen the—they re- never saw— all the Red Sea, but now they're seeing the Jordan River parted. Their parents told them about the Red Sea, but now they're seeing the goodness of God for themselves. I want you to know, if your parents were saved and they saw miracles, but you haven't seen any yet, God has some great things in store for you too. It's not just for years gone by. God is still doing miracles today, and here are the sons and daughters, and they are walking now on dry ground, and they are having a party. And matter of fact, they grabbed 12 stones, and they set them up And they say, let this be a reminder that our God is good, that our God is faithful, that our God can do the impossible, that no matter if you're in bondage, God can set you free. Every time we walk past these stones, may we remember the goodness and the might of our God. Then chapter 5, verse number 2. Look at this. At that time. The Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. Let that sit in for just a second, okay? It's in the Bible. Oh, is this metaphorically speaking? Is this an allegory? Is it like, what's going on here? No, 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 no. This is literal. Flint knives. (laughs) (laughs) Circumcised. I remember when I was a teenager, I I read a circumcised in the Bible. I went to my youth pastor. I said, hey, the Bible is saying circumcised. Does it mean, like, (laughs) circumcised? Yes, it does. So now, this is not babies, okay? We we've got two sons, okay? Remember when they my sons were born, our sons were born. Doctors take nurses take them down. They circumcise, and parents of little boys, you know, it's a traumatic. They don't even want you in the room because you're they got your kid. It's terrible, okay? And then you have to go through the healing process. And y'all, I'm just telling you, it's more real than you can possibly even imagine. Here are teenagers and 20-somethings and 30-somethings and some probably even 40-somethings being circumcised. Go to verse 8. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, everybody... whole nation, <laughs> they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the, the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. Here, the God of heaven says, I'm trying to take you somewhere. I'm trying to take you somewhere. I've got a promised land for you, I've got cities for you to conquer, I've got land for you to occupy, I've got lives for you to touch. And I have done all these wonderful things. Yes, I've spoken courage into you. And yes, we sent Jason born in. And yes, I parted the Red Sea. And yes, we've got these 12 stones. Yes, we've got all of that. But in order for me to get you where I'm trying to take you, something has to be cut off so that you can step fully into where I am trying to bring you if you want a marriage that looks like christ loving the church then you're gonna to have to be willing to be cut okay you're gonna to have to be willing to be cut none of us in here let me make it even more plain okay make it even more plain the same principle let's take it to a trainer if you have a trainer you hire a trainer and some of you are like, oh, I, ain't, I ain't no trainer. Okay, it's not going to happen. But, but if, just, just go with me for a second. If you're going to hire a trainer to help you get in shape, to have your summer body, okay, get back to when you were 24 years old, you're like, no, I'm not even going to try to go there. I, I'll take, you know, two years ago. But wh- wherever you might be thinking, y- you want to get back to, and you have a trainer, and you hire this trainer, you do not hire a trainer so the trainer can go, hey, you don't have to work out today. You're tired, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Burgers. Fries, shakes. Let's do that today. This dumb working out thing. Who wants to work out today? Any? No, no. You're not wanting that. You're not wanting that. You want a trainer. You want a trainer that's going to push you. You want a trainer that's going to say you have more on the inside of you. you want a trainer that's going to say you can lift more than that. You want a trainer that's going to say, hey, why don't you take another step forward? You want a trainer that's going to say, hey, let's get up a little bit early. You want somebody that's going to push you. Why? Because there's something on the inside of you, and you need somebody to pull it out of you. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is the great trainer, and that trainer will say, hey, cut this out. Cut that out. Don't add this to your diet. Take that away. Stop looking at that pornography. Hey, stop flirting with everybody that's around you. Would you please stop partying? It's not because God's some cosmic killjoy. It's because God is so after your heart and wants you to be the man or woman that he called you to be. Some things have to be cut in order for you to enter into the land of promise that he has for you. So I want us to be okay with this. See, cotton candy Jesus only cuddles. But he never crushes. Never crushes. Look at this. Look at this. Stick with me, Bishop Art. Stick with me. Olives. Olive oil. Olives, olive oil, okay? This is cheaper than this. It's cheaper, less expensive. Why? Because the olives have not gone through the process of being crushed. If they go through the process of being crushed, it increases the value. I wish I had some wine up here, okay? I wish I had some wine. Because <laughs> if I had grapes and I had wine, the grapes are good. But in order to get the wine, they ha- you have to be willing. They have to be willing to be crushed. Olives and grapes are picked. Everyone likes being picked. I pick you. 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 you. And This is what God's grace is, man, because all of us have been picked. You didn't choose me, but I chose you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will remain, the grace of God, no matter your educational background, no matter your marital status. God says, I picked you, I picked you, I picked you, I picked you, but now I don't want to stop just at the picking of you. I now want to go to the pressing of you as well, because if I can press you, then I can get out of. You everything that I put on the inside of you, but if you don't let me press, you will go to heaven. You'll go to heaven like this, but you'll not maximize the potential and the call of God that is on your life, and I want to have a church here that's not okay just being picked. I want to have a church that's okay being pressed as well, saying, God, whatever you need to do in me to make me who you call me to be, however you need to change me, however you need to mold me, however you need to rearrange me, however you need to Cut me, God. Do whatever you need to do. Whatever you need to do. I don't want to be a church that's just like, oh no, that hurts, so I don't do it. What? Anyone in here who is a college athlete or a high school athlete, maybe even a middle school athlete, you know, I keep going all the way down, keep going all the way down. T ball. <laughs> but definitely college and definitely professional athletes. Your coach, your coach crushes you in practice to get you ready for the game. If your coach does not crush you in practice, your coach is not doing you a favor. Your coach is actually hurting you because you won't be ready for the game. And here we are in our walk with God. Oh, that hurts. Oh, that Oh, that offended me. Oh, that bothered me. Oh, this. Oh, this. And God's like, hey, would you stop wiggling and squiggling so much? I'm trying to get you ready for where I'm trying to take you. Your marriage is not just for you. Your marriage is for a generation. Let me shape you. Let me mold you. Let me rearrange you. Let me get in there. I remember the first year, oh my gosh, playing basketball in college. I remember there was a hill. I won't say the name. um, But the guys on the team, we all nicknamed it. This hill, okay. It was not an appropriate name to say in the house of God. (laughs) And we sprint up, jog down. Sprint up jog back down. Sprint up, jog back down. Not one time, not two times, not three times, 25 times up this hill. By the end, you're not even sprinting up the hill anymore, okay? You're just Rolling back down. Your coach is there at the bottom. Counting. Twelve. You got this. Go again. Sometimes when a relationship is removed from your life. God you call me I didn't know it's going to be this hard I know it's going to be this hard I know marriage is going to be this hard Oh gosh Ooh. to bypass the pressing you will not have what you need and you will not be able to step into the moment that God has for you you'll not have the strength you'll need to lift what he's calling you to lift so now I'm just like okay God this hurts but I don't want to stay like this forever I don't want to live the cheapest version of my life. I don't want the cheapest version. I want the most expensive version of my life, not for my glory, but for yours. If you want me to be an olive forever, I'm fine to be an olive, but I don't think you, you called me just to be an olive. I think you called me to be an olive, then you're going to press me so that I can become olive oil and I can be part of the anointing, part of the life, part of the ministry of the church into the world. I want this. I'm trying to train us as a church to be willing to go from here to here. And it doesn't always feel good. (laughs) Okay? And if you want feel good, I don't know, you need to go to Six Flags or something. (laughs) But if you want to be a passionate follower of Jesus Christ, (laughs) if you want to be the man and woman he destined for you to be, And Cotton candy Jesus is going to have to go. And you and I are going to have to be willing to say, God, my whole life, everything I have, all that I am belongs to you. I surrender all. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, church. If you gave your life to Jesus today, we'd love to know you, meet you, and hear your story. So be sure to email your